does Rutland have an enormous lake? It does. And is it also Europe's largest inland freshwater lake? I think that's what they say, yes. It is pretty impressive. (laughs) What else do you know about this small county? (laughs) This is... um... Oh, very famous cheese, um, Stilton from Marlborough and the Marlborough Pie. Oh my God, you've got it all. You've got it all. (laughs) And Land's End as well. And Uh, Land's End, of course. Okay, so I suppose we should be serious now. Uh, So we'll do a straight in welcome to the studio that kind of stuff and um here we go hey welcome back to the digital studio the pandemic is ticking on and we're going to the swing of this remote stuff now so uh, from various corners of the world welcome welcome jamie which corner of the world are you in today hi Ian. i'm from the uh, people's republic of hampshire today Wow. Okay, well, let's um, skip to another county. Constance, hello, how are you? I am very well. Thank you for having me, Ian. No, not at all. And you're joining us, I think, from Rutland. Is that where your headquarters is? This is correct. This is where Lands and headquarters are based and have always been based. Lovely. Well, look, you've given it away. I was going to see how long it took people to <laughs> work out who's got a headquarters in uh, in Rutland. And now you've given it away Lands End. Constance, you are the European CEO, so it's a great pleasure to have you in the studio with us. Now, just in case there isn't anybody whose thoughts aren't turning to fleeces as the autumn comes in, tell us about Land's End, because um, it's a brand I remember from my sort of childhood. But just for our Gen Z listeners, tell us about Land's End. Land's End uh, has been founded in 1963. And it's a uh, American heritage brand. Our founder, Gary Comer, based the business out of Chicago. He was a passionate professional sailor. He uh, started the business uh, in context of sailing just to evolve it very soon into a much broader apparel range because this is what resonated very well with the customers. And this is also where our current positioning has been founded as in Let's Get Comfy because um, from the beginning, the company has always been about uh, comfortable um, clothing. And when I say comfortable, it's much broader and much more than just, you know, putting a piece of clothing that you would call comfortable. It is all about quality in fabric, in uh, production. It is about versatility and functionality of the product. It is about uh, the one wardrobe, versatility of using one piece of clothing in many different ways uh, from style down to style uh, up. Uh, It is a lot about sustainability and has always been now much broader into uh, inclusiveness. Fit is very important in that sense uh, and this manifests itself itself in our plus range in particular where we do not only take um, the measurements from a regular and uh, manufacture it in a larger item, but we take measurements in all of our plus individual plus sizes because the body shape is, you know, evolving is 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 altering in the you know in the very different sizes. So, so we take measurement. We have models. We don't just take one as a cookie cutter um, approach for everything. That is very very important to make mm. sure that comfort is really felt in every item. Same with the functionality. All our items. Wow. We are famous. To, for having pockets in all our items. Uh, so uh, whoever I talk to is like, oh my God. <laughs> so you, you're talking about comfy pockets. I mean, you know, people are smiling all over the place. Now, when I first came across Land's End, I think it must be the back of newspapers, Sunday supplements back in the last century, there was a, a sort of a wave of American 
let's call it comfort. Right? I don't really know what the name is. It's sort of outdoorsy, sort of fleecy, sort of, dare I say, older person. And there was you, there was Orvis, there were a number, Columbia, a number of brands that catered to that sort of outdoor, casual, but functional with advanced materials. So that was my memory from, you know, the last century. How would you describe the positioning now? Because if we'd been talking two years ago, I'd have raised an eyebrow and said, really comfy. But then after two years in which all I think about is T-shirts, pockets, and, you know, fitting my frame, it's as if the world has come to you. So who are you for? And where do you fit into the landscape now of performance, comfort? Where, where does it would it fit in? So we always start in everything we do with our customer. And the clothing is less for, you know, outdoorsy or activity. It is made to fit and made to comfort our customers. And our customers are, you know, uh, is a customer who is uh, well established, uh, is a customer who is very uh, social, is out there. They do love the outdoors. They are very uh, particular about quality. They are about versatility and functionality. And for this customer, we actually design clothing. It is to help our customer to, uh, to feel comfortable in the world. And that's, you know, through the clothing, but also in general. And that also takes us into the mindset of the customer, giving the mind also comfort as in, you know, sustainability of the clothing. Mm. As a company, being inclusive and uh, supporting diversity, being engaged uh, with our communities, with a comfort fund, where we engage in causes that are very dear to us. Right now, it's the Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we are engaging. In all countries we operate in breast cancer charities, uh, our CEO is uh, participating in climbing Mount Gilimanjaro to support the cause. Uh, as an organization, our employees engage with him in counting steps and then also contributing to charity. Uh, but we're also very much about One Warm Coat and helping people who are in need to really um, be equipped for winter, don't suffer, particularly people who are uh, who are out there sleeping rough. So uh, there's various different different causes that we are supporting uh, in our comfort fund to really make this a 360 approach of a comfortable world and lens and at the center of creating that comfortable world. Great. Well, listen, uh, I've got so many questions coming out of, of that. I'm going to try and cover off all of them. Before I dive into sustainability, inclusion, I also talk to you about the move to an online business from a traditional heritage catalogue or mail order business. So much to cover off, but uh, it would be wrong if we didn't ask a bit about you and your background in retail. So I know you've been the CEO there for a while, uh, but just give us a thumbnail sketch of how you arrived at Land's End. So my very first job has been in serving customers. I was merely 14 years old, first job um, in a cafe, and that stuck with me. And I've always worked in support and, and, and serving customer. So I started, after university, I started my career with Procter & Gamble in marketing, learned and uh, had a wonderful education in marketing, really seeing and uh, developing product from a, a customer-centric point of view, also very fact-based view, to then serve the customer best. Uh, moved into a few years of consulting, both uh, in Europe and the US, um, and then uh, worked with uh, an international retail company, also in a strategic uh, customer and marketing role, 
came over to London and worked with a uh, luxury designer outlet center in a, in a slightly different role because now I was a little removed from the direct customer contact. So that was a very, very good learning how to impact the customer, how to serve the customer while you're not directly owning the customer, but running a center. And then I moved into an exciting strategy, customer facing top line um, responsibility with Hudson's Bay in Europe and joined Lens End as the managing director in 2019. Good timing as well in terms of uh, <laughs> being ready for uh, pandemics. So talk about uh, jumping into the fire. Now, given that you've covered off property, so whether it's Hudson's Bay or MacArthur Glen, and you're now in a direct selling brand, are there any changes, differences from being a brand that you think are massive advantages. So if you had a magic wand, would you be a brand? Would you be a retail park owner? Or would you be a retailer? Which of those three do you think is the most interesting and why? All three are customer facing. So that is important. All three have certainly advantages and are very, very exciting business models. Right now, I am very happy to work in a leading e-commerce business with direct customer access. It's just very, very fulfilling to be able to directly work with and for customer and uh, deliver great customer journey experience uh, for our customers and see the engagement of our customers grow with so many more active customers um, compared to previous years. Uh, and we have enriched our customer journey uh, on our core platform to an extent where we are looking into what is the real world, the, the brick and mortar retail process? What is it going to look like when a customer comes into the store? What type of experience do they have? And we are enriching the certainly very efficient and beneficial online experience with those experiences translated into uh, the virtual reality using AI. Um, for example, to give that experience to our customer, to see collections, to see patterns across categories, to get those recommendations, to have those uh, you know, um, moments of excitement and inspiration while surfing and browsing and then engaging on our online, in, in our online shop. So we've been doing quite a lot of research into that direct-to-consumer experience. And one of the interesting things is the customer's always pretty quick to tell you when things aren't joined up or you know something lacks coherence or there's too much friction or something's absent but when we ask them what is it that amazes you about a digital experience we get a, a sort of shrug saying well it's just kind of all right so what's your feedback from your customers what, what's working with them that you could say ian don't be cynical. This is where the customer really gets something extra, uh, a little je ne sais quoi from that interaction with us. Yeah, one of the things I love about e-commerce and leading an e-commerce company is the real-time feedback from customer and really seeing customer directly engage. 
we hear different things from our customers. Uh, and our NPS is, uh, is strong and growing. We invest a lot in terms of understanding our customer as well as in UX technology um, processes to enable further, you know, improvement in our uh, customer journey for the customer. And, um, you know, throughout the year, um, there's certainly feedback on the product. Um, there's a lot of lovely feedback. You find a lot of feedback on right now cashmere, for example. So one, I'm wearing cashmere. I just think it's it's a, it's a wonderful fabric. It's one of those so 100% nature fabrics that we offer that the customer loves in lens, and it's very soft and really serve the purpose of let's get comfy. And uh, we have many customers commenting, oh, I bought another cardigan, another traditional style. But we're also enlarging the and, and enhancing the range into relaxed cashmere, catering to the lounge market, uh, with lounge pants, with relaxed uh, types of, you know, hoodies and, uh, and uh, wider tops. Uh, customers really feeding back on uh, how they love the product, but they also let us know what they don't like. Some time ago, they fed back that they didn't like our price transfer. Transparency. Of course, we run promotions on the website. They could never see that until they checked out. Not an uncommon journey on a website, but we took our customer for the word and we changed it. And we have introduced price clarity on our websites for all promotions we run for our recommended retail price. So customer fully sees all the you know actual pricing since I want to say uh, October last year. And this is still quite differentiating. You know, the customer is also checking in on product availability with us. Um, so I think, uh, you know, that exchange is very, very important for us also to always, you know, further improve um, the experience we give our customers and, and continue to be uh, a leading mm. and state-of-the-art e-commerce player. And when you look across Europe, again, the last time I think we had any major contact with Land's End, I, I remember I could be wrong, so correct me, that the UK and Germany were the two biggest markets within Europe. And they had the customer, they had very much taken Land's End you know, to their hearts, stable, active customer base. Tracking forward to now, how does the European landscape look? Do you have strong countries? Are there regional differences? Just give us a view and you know what, what you draw from any differences. So our European business is the UK and mainland Europe. And as we've set up in the UK and then, you know, expanded into uh, Germany two years later, those two markets are still our most uh, prominent markets. However, we have business in France and we have further international mainland Europe business. So the business is certainly, you know, extending its reach, uh, mainly also through channels where we used to be a e-commerce uh, uh, owned web shop business. We are now extending and operating and trading onto various marketplaces. And that mm. is a global strategy that also here in Europe, we are implementing in a very focused and fast way. So we have engaged with a partner in uh, mainland Europe, Xtrade. They are a service provider for us. We aim to go live on uh, about seven um, marketplaces on mainland Europe, now live on three marketplaces, and those include Zalando, Otto. Uh, we are live on Amazon, and we're looking at you know further exposure through marketplaces, really to reach our customer where they like to shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is our existing customers as much as you know future customers um, who we believe will also uh, enjoy the brand and engage with, uh, with our positioning. And uh, we mentioned the customer and customer data. One of the resistances felt in the past by 
brands going to marketplaces was about getting consumer data. So through the marketplaces or then providing coherence across marketplaces. How are you approaching maintaining your view of the customer wherever she might shop? Is, is that something that is now a solved problem or still something that takes a lot of work? Operating on a marketplace is different than operating on a on an owned web shop, an owned platform. I think marketplace is a very good and uh, next step for the business um, to further develop the brand and reach so many more customers. And as you can appreciate, I mean, we have a, a, a growing and double digit growing customer base for our own business. Not everyone likes to shop online, and, and that's that's for different reasons, right? Some prefer to shop on Zalando because they might, you know, have a loyalty program and might prefer just, you know, how Otter looks like. And mm. we do want to be there for our customers. As Lanzen is all about customer, we want to be there. We want to be out there and really give every customer, potential future, an opportunity to engage with the brand. Yes. Now, uh, you mentioned Kashmir earlier on, and that brings me on to sustainability. So it's such a big topic area now throughout the whole supply chain, materials, production, distribution. You know, it's it's being covered justifiably a great deal. So tell us a bit about your work in sustainability when, you know, as retailers, we have the, if you like, the ironic position of wanting to be sustainable yet still sell things. So tell us about your sustainability and then whether this was driven by your own values first or the customer or or both. So let's just hear a bit more about that, please. It's a topic that we internally discuss a lot. Uh, we have a sustainability council. We've had a sustainability council for uh, for years within the business to drive the topic internally. Um, really, I think it started in from both ends. Certainly, our customer demands sustainability, but it was also intrinsically driven by the values of the company. And we have put a quite ambitious sustainability agenda into place that we are striving um, to achieve. And that includes completely sustainable, you know, water saving, uh, denim production, bleaching. It involves 100% organically sourced uh, um, cotton. And it goes into using insulation materials that are fully recycled right now. The cover item in our October campaign is a a, a parka um, where the insulated filling is from 10 plastic bottles. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful piece of sustainable clothing and customer reacts very well to uh, everything, you know, that we do in terms of sustainability. It is a journey. And and I think we have to be very realistic that you can't be sustainability from today to tomorrow. You can't switch all the, you know, sourcing uh, processes and, and, and productions and uh, and partners we work for it with uh, within short term. It's a it's a mm. it's a longer term journey, but the agenda we set ourselves under 2025 is a very ambitious agenda and does lead the company into broad sustainability across the entire assortment. Sustainability, however, goes much further in lens and then just the product and the assortment. It is in our everyday life as a, you know, member of the community. So make an example, our premises here in Oakham are 
fully vetted as a sustainable premises. We are just investigating in investing in more solar panels to give back to the community and also feed clean energy into the grid. We are right now uh, considering to ramp up uh, um, electric power stations for electric cars in our parking lot, also making that available for the community here in uh, in Oakham and surroundings. We are zero landfill as an organization uh, here in Oakham. So we go so much wider in, 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 in sustainability and really see this again as a full 360 approach. And I think this is very much land's end, not just to zoom in, not just being about product or even one product or one product line, but really holistically approaching a topic and then fully delivering in its entirety. Sounds like quite an amazing um, uh, commitment to it and uh, very impressive. And I'm going to check out that jacket, actually. I remember wandering around a place in New York where we saw things made of bottles. So I'm looking forward to seeing your version of it. But uh, how, how do you balance off the you know, the desire to make yourself as sustainable as possible and also kind of do the day job, which is keep those uh, that rate of growth going up? Is it is it one or the other or are they hand in hand? They must be hand in hand. That is that is my conviction. It won't work if it's one or the other. It just has to be a way of working, a way of living, a way of being part of this community, and also a way of engaging of uh, with our customer. From a you know being part of the community, facility management point of view, that's something that is regularly on the agenda. We review what else we can do from an energy consumption point of view, greener energy. How can we give back to the community? So we're driving this forward in our day to day in many managing our premises here in Oakham as well as in uh, our offices in Europe. From an assortment point of view, we have typically requests. <laughs> we have a wonderful team of merchandisers here who go out, who look into the market, who understand our customers, supported by our analytics team, and then they would reach out to our design team with pretty much ideas, um, how we want to drive our collection forward in a joint effort with our global team. They would come out with the ranges um, for the future collections. And then it is down to our great and, and very, very effective sourcing team to make that all happen, to give us, you know, parkas that are made out of 10 plastic bottles, to do denim bleaching without actually using any water. And it's it's about engaging with partners. It is not necessarily always our own um, intelligence and capability, but it is about engaging with partners, as you can appreciate. We are sourcing from everywhere in the world. So it is finding that best partner also to work with us on jointly reaching our goals in sustainability until 2025. So, so I guess that the customer is telling you that uh, this all uh, is working for them because they're buying lots of those parkas and jeans and all that sort of stuff. But do you do they give you voluntarily uh, a lot of information to say, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And if so, how do you blend that into everything that you do? Because that must be quite uh, tough to do that. Yeah, we have a very rigorous process of building customer feedback into revisiting processes, assortment, and then building our assortment and uh, making our processes more efficient. Um, we do get some feedback on sustainability from our customers. And whenever we do, we certainly will consider this. And again, this is our you know team who feeds back into the design team on collections here. We will use that feedback to feedback. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So we've covered um, sustainability in depth and, you know, the passion and focus is is amazing. But you did also talk about inclusion. Tell us a bit more about that and what steps you have to take 
to actively include people and why? Inclusion was one of the principles Gary Coma built our brand on. It has always been about the employees, about being inclusive, and that was then also extended into our customer. Um, it was more like a from within inclusion. And we now also built this over the past years in a broader agenda of inclusiveness and diversity, also reflecting what's happened in the world. And you will see in how we use photography and models that we are trying to really portray a world, a reality that is out there. We are really going with real life models. We had a wonderful mom and me campaign where we actually brought in models and their mothers who never have modeled. Um, they even brought in their sisters. And it was a wonderful family moment that we captured on camera for our campaigns, for our social media. And this is um, this is who we are as Land's End. We are very authentic. We are very close to our customers. And we move further and further into that, you know, very real-life, authentic portrayal of, you know, our assortment, our clothing, our brand in context of the real world. Uh, and I think that is very, very important for our customers as well to move away from that artificial world of models into a world where they see the product on people and in situations um, that they can actually relate to. Indeed, especially if we're talking about function and fit at the same time as representation. That is absolutely so true. And um, it's all about the beauty from within. Everyone is beautiful and everybody is beautiful. And uh, we're really celebrating this when we showcase our new collections on a variety of different, you know, people mm. in all shapes and forms and, you know, in, in the way they come. And and, it, and it's it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's wonderful moments that we capture on camera. <laughs> That's lovely. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you now about, we're talking about such lovely things. I'm going to ask you what's been difficult. So... 2019 seems like a different world, let alone you know, two years ago. So during your time in charge there, you know, there's been a number of external happenings that will have challenged the business, your customers, your supply chain partners. It's, it's been a challenging time, as well as the many initiatives that you've been working on, you know, things like sustainability aren't simple programs. So if you reflect on the last two years, what, what's been the most challenging thing for you steering uh, Land's End through this period of growth and time of tribulations? So as a global company, I think and feel we have managed to get through the many, many challenges we had in a way that, you know, we all came out the other end uh, motivated, positive, and even, you know, with some some wonderful gains and developments for the company. It has been a challenge, though, um, absolutely, to lead a team through those times. And I do want to say that, you know, there were moments um, where we certainly had to take decisions. And we did as a company. We're always very nimble. Um, we always uh, were very reactive to situations. In a you know in a way that we reacted when we needed um, to you know appreciate a situation, but also taking opportunity. Uh, and there were many opportunities for us on the way as well. And we were fast and reactive enough to take all those opportunities and take some risk in this time to uh, move the business forward. Most time 
during the past one and a half years went into speaking to the team, communicating, making sure we understand what they feel, what they need uh, as in support, how we can best help them to uh, settle in a new situation, how to best get through times of months of lockdown in winter. Uh, I think this is really where Lens End put a lot of emphasis and where myself and our leadership team here in Europe put a lot of emphasis to make sure that we get our team through these very adverse and challenging times in a in a way that they still felt supported, um, that we kept the positive, you know, drive and we also maintained the wonderful culture we have in the business. Good. Well that sounds like hard work, but again, very much on brand. Cheering up a bit and hoping that uh, you know we have no more lockdowns ahead and you know the vaccines will spread to everyone and work. Uh, Let's look with hope and happiness towards 2022. What are you up to that you're thinking, I can't wait to do this, or my favourite project at the moment is X or Y? What what are you looking forward to for next year? Um, A few things. Um, One is we just had our uh, grant reopening of our headquarters here. Uh, and that is the business part. Uh, our DC has always been up and running, as you can imagine. So we uh, we rebuilt our office into a true place of collaboration, a meeting space for teams um, and team building. I'm looking forward to actually bringing back teams. It is a journey again. Um, everyone <laughs> has kind of settled in, work from home. We do very, very much uh, appreciate all the benefits from working from home, but we do believe that it is also time to come back together in person, particularly for collaboration, for uh, social engagement, uh, for team building opportunities. And that's a journey I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing, you know, more more of the teams coming back, uh, being here in the office and really starting to physically also work together. We have built the office in a way that we can fully accommodate a digital way of collaboration across hybrid teams. So um, that that's something that I'm very, very excited uh, to see. And we're working hard to uh, to bring back our teams here in a way that we truly can live the best of both worlds. Work from home with all its efficiencies and, you know, all the comfort, but also coming back to the office for collaboration and meeting again. That's one. And two, our growth path for Europe um, is purely digital and mainly, you know, um, focuses on further building our web shop, our core platform, uh, evolving into lands and as marketplace. And that, you know, we hope um, that this will happen uh, next year. We're building capabilities and also bringing on other brands to enrich the experience on our own web web shop and uh, platform. And then certainly marketplaces is a third pillar where we heavily base, you know, growth expectations on and where we have uh, uh, great expectations uh, for uh, further penetrating into Europe and building the business uh, and reaching uh, many more customers. Busy year. Well, well I, lo- I love that last bit that you said about the marketplace on your own site. That I was going to ask a question was, which uh, exciting new things are you going to bring to your website? So that's definitely falls into that category. But is there anything else you could tell us from a sort of customer side, bringing us back to you and your background and you know your focus throughout your career? You know, any sort of exciting uh, updates you're going to see on the website that's going to make shopping even better for your customers? 
Absolutely. We will never tire to further enrich and enhance and uh, optimize the customer journey. Uh, We will further exploit opportunities that provide itself through uh, artificial intelligence. And we will further leverage artificial intelligence and giving a richer and even more targeted and individualized uh, uh, experience um, to our customer. Um, We will further build... um, brick and mortar experience, retail experience into into our virtual customer journey. We are also working on things that are, you know, more targeted to individual behavior of customers. Dynamic promo, very, very important. Really giving the customer what they need to engage, you know, in a way that they feel most comfortable with um, to take this forward. We're also looking into my account as a function and how we can build this into an even stronger place of, you know, meeting and engaging with the customer. That will be a big project for us. We have um, a high number of customers signing in via my account anyway. So we do feel that this is a great opportunity for us to uh, move ahead also in an environment where, you know, it seems uh, that we need to build the capability from within to engage with the customer on our website. Uh, and we will put a lot of thinking into uh, how we're building this uh, um, further. We have a much broader portfolio of, of channels for our marketing, uh, which we will continue to build also through partners. It's not quite ready to announce yet, but we will engage with uh, a partner in uh, on mainland Europe, which will be a great marketing collaboration and very happy to talk about this uh, in a potential future. <laughs> You're <laughs> um, teasing talk, us. You're uh, teasing us. <laughs> so that will further also evolve um, our portfolio of digital marketing channels and partners to, again, you know, reach customers and different different stages of the journey uh, and also uh, different customer groups. Wow. Well, uh, we did ask and now we know <laughs> why why you've been successful and why you're busy next year. Uh, Susan Constance, thank you so much for joining us in the studio. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I love the mix of you know, the fact that we're going from integrity and the founder's intention one minute to AI and optimization at the next. So we've definitely covered all the bases, ticking off marketplaces and sustainability and inclusion as well. I mean, I think you've written my next uh, 10 articles for me, Constance. <laughs> Thanks so much for that. And um, your best wishes with trading carrying on. 